Please be advised that the following podcast is hardly intended for anyone under the age of 18 years old, and it is not safe for work. You've been warned. Now enjoy. Queen Victoria herself loved sex. Oh, she also got um, an erotic painting from the artist Franz Xavier Winterhalter, which uh, depicts a group of bare-breasted women preparing to bathe. So I guess I have a question. So, um, well, this is more Victorian era versus Renaissance paintings. But Mm -hmm. growing up, you know, I would go to the museums and you'd see naked people upon naked people Uh and I guess it was always a oh that's just how it like you just paint naked people like there's nothing to it but but was was there moments of like just that eroticism like was it painted for eroticism I think prob this is just me kind of like going Mm -hmm. off of the little bit I've read um I think there was a little bit of both Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually reading this really interesting book about Artemisia Gentileschi. Oh, yes. 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 Okay. She's fascinating She's and amazing. So cool. Oh, I'm, oh, what book is it? Called Artemisia. Is it, it's um, nonfiction? It's nonfiction, but there are moments when they, um, they the author takes like liberties for like moments in between yeah. people, but otherwise it's pretty, feels pretty. <gasps> Yes. How do you know about her? Um, my friend actually, she, uh, we were talking about our favorite like painters or something, and she had mentioned, um, and I, I think we we happened to, be, I don't know if we walked past one of her paintings or something, but she had mentioned her, huh. and she was like, yeah, she told me like her whole story, and I'm like, that's amazing, and then I mm-hmm. found like I read a, um, someone had written like a fictionalized book about her encounters and just doing like little research about her, like also, I mean, the fact. First off, that she was just a woman in this medium that, like, yeah. male-dominated is amazing. Mm-hmm. But just the power that she takes with her paintings. She, yeah. It's incredible. They're so strong. Most of the women in her paintings are self-portraits. Mm-hmm. And she also got, she managed to get herself accepted into the Florentine Artists Academy. Mm-hmm. And she was the first woman ever accepted and it actually so like this is the period where you're either your father's property or your husband's property joining this um academy made her her own individual she was like a legal human being with her own name and her own identity wow and um wow yeah that's amazing she's a celebrity and we like don't ever remember her anymore Mm -hmm. but i was reading something about how she painted herself nude as the allegory of inclination and um then like a couple like a generation or two later the owner was like this is too i don't want to see this nakedness so like he had drapery painted over her yeah so i I, because like i don't know like you get a lot of like venus paintings Mm -hmm. like by titian or those other renaissance artists and I don't know if, like, by the Victorian era, it wasn't, it wasn't kosher anymore, or because, mm-hmm. like, there's this one too. Look at this. Like, she, um, he, Albert commissioned a marble <laughs> statue of himself as a Greek warrior, sensual warrior. But then Victoria was like, "This is too racy. It's got a the a covered up version has to be in Buckingham Palace." I don't know though, Molly. That's such a good question. And like, was the intent like were we were we taught like, oh, this is just this is art. This like it's not. 
erotic. It's not sexual. But, like, when these paintings were being... I mean, because you think about it, like, you are painting naked people in these suggestive poses. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I guess you could say as much as, like, the body's beautiful, which it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, everything's, like, fully out there for us to see. And they're going for, like, physical... I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there was something underlying it. Interesting. And I could also see us, like, in a pretty puritanical culture deciding to clean it up even in our interpretation of it. Well, and I'm trying to think back to, like, you know, the first time when you're a kid Mm -hmm. and the first time that you see, like, a naked... A statue of, like, a naked body or a painting of a naked body. And, like, it's fascinating, but at the same time, like... At some point, you're like, you know, this is, this is our, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, the initial reaction that you have the first time you see it. Yeah. Compared to years of being conditioned of, like, art and culture and classics and that kind of a thing. Like, what, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this. I think it's so smart. I'm sure somebody's written something. Mm-hmm about it and I now I really want to go actually that would be like a great thing (laughs) to like go look up (laughs) yeah and and chat about or like I was reading the song of Solomon the book of the bible over Christmas and you'll hear people talk about how oh it's um an illustration of of like it's like a bride and a groom and the Mm -hmm. bride is the church and the groom is is god and like no it's not it (laughs) is all about like have you ever read it no no. oh man it's all about like my it goes between the woman and the man talking about these really like physical as well as emotional this attraction Mm -hmm. and like this really kind of visceral attraction to one another and describing their bodies it almost feels a little out of place in like the Old Testament, yeah. but it it also makes it, but it makes it beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it really is not. It's not about like being like raunchy. It's like I am so in love with this person. I can't wait mm-hmm. to enjoy all the bodily yeah. bodily intimacy. And yet, like so many folks who adhere to Christianity, particularly, will be like. No, no, it's it's just the church and God. <laughs> this like, is what it's about. What it's about. And I'm, well, I'm kind of like, oh, can it be both? Yeah. Like, you know, like, or like a beautiful demonstration of a relationship. But like, no, no, sex is bad. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, you know, a Prince Albert, that ring that men can wear on their cross. I was going to ask if that was because of this dude. I think, I'm assuming it would be. I think so. I mean, according to the New Zealand Herald. <laughs> Prince Albert supposedly had a real big dick and had to wear a ring to push it to the side. I mean, it explains why she was upset that she had to stop having kids with him and why his, like, reaction of, like, the best present to give her is a statue of my naked body. Of my naked body, because it's really good. I feel like there's some people that you might meet in your life that you love, yeah, and they're like, I'm going to give you a statue of my <laughs> naked body, and you might be like, like uh, okay. Thank you. Like, you don't have to, but... But that's nice, <laughs> I think. But he, like, knew. He's like, oh, yeah, this will yeah. do it for her. This is it. I think so. I mean, he, <laughs> she obviously had made that very abundantly clear. So, oh, so, okay, so I've written some notes here, which isn't... It doesn't really answer your question about art, which I think your question about art is, like, way more sophisticated. 
But this question is about like why we don't hear about this stuff about like Queen Victoria mm-hmm. or these pieces of writing. And it could be because of the church. Mm-hmm. We're like still coming out of a really church heavy world. Mm-hmm. And sex for pleasure was considered sinful. Mm-hmm. Women, you know, they're, but also like, hello, double standard. Like men have right. all these mistresses, but women don't enjoy sex. And. It's a double standard we still see. I um I just started reading the beginning. I only like the first book into um, Don Juan. Oh, and it's interesting because it it is this it, the first book of it is him like having his sexual awakening with an older woman. That's right. And being drawn and it, I just never every time you know you think about these like sexual encounters and coming of age books it's it's usually the other way around totally so it's been it's really interesting like hearing this poem this poetry flipped who wrote it is it the Moliere play or oh byron oh byron byron yeah okay yes um i don't know if it's translated i don't know it was free on amazon kindle (laughs) so i downloaded it I feel like if Byron wrote it, he was like, I'm going to write my own version of Don Juan. This is it. This is it. Yeah. But it's been really, it's interesting. And like Byron, it's like sexual, I mean. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. So, but it is interesting. Like, and it is fun. Like this podcast, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you you think about these older things and it's like, you think like, oh, stuffy and proper. And it's like, no, like, no. (laughs) They were having sex. They were having fun. They were more than. <laughs> yes. And Byron was having sex with anybody yep. who would do it. Yep. All of them. Yeah. Do you know his daughter was a famous mathematician slash engineer? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I did recently learn that Mary Shelley's sister got pregnant by Byron. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, they were like friends. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't know yeah. that she was a famous mathematician. Yeah, That's really Ada, amazing. Ada Byron Lovelace, um, which sounds a little bit like a porn name. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a Lauren Gunderson play called Ada and the Engine, which oh, I can loan you, um, yeah. but it's about her and how she helped create an early engine type thing. But yeah. That's she, amazing. But like she like barely didn't know Byron very well because yeah. he like knocked up her mom or maybe was even married to her mom and I don't know, but then like knocked her up, left her. Went and did his Byron thing. As he does. Knocked up Mary Shelley's sister. Waltz left her. Call. Yeah, left her. Yeah. Like, who knows how, maybe we're descendants of Byron. <laughs> we're all descendants we're all of Byron. Charlemagne and Byron. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's who we are. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so we use words like sluts and hoe for women. And like, not they refer to women. And we're starting to hear men like, be like, oh, yeah, I'm slutty. But I don't know of any... It sexually feels very exclusively female. Oh, totally. And I don't know about maybe a Casanova, but like... Rake. Isn't that what they rake. used to? Oh, a rake. He's such a rake. Rake is a good... Yeah. Well, and I, I remember too, like even growing up as like a, you know, a young child talking about mm-hmm. like, oh, this, he's such a man whore. But like we had to put like man in front of the word, you know, like it's... Yeah. Right. Because they don't have their own. <laughs> yeah. Would you like wait a minute? Hang on. I am also curious. I don't know if you know this, but I was surprised at how much the word like fucking came up. Comes and up. Yeah. What's do you know the history of that word? Like no, but we'll Google it. I think it has something to do with a stored fucking Ooh. etymology. 
Um, early 16th century, meaning strike. Swedish dialect, fucka. Fucka. <laughs> Possibly from an Indo-European root meaning strike. So like to strike it. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. so it's German. <laughs> 16th century. That's crazy. You know, it feels like such a modern word. It, it also seems like it... Oh, Wikipedia says it's hard to trace etymologically. Oh, Snopes. Okay, so you will hear that it comes from an acronym for for unlawful carnal knowledge or fornication under consent of the king. But I think, yeah, Snopes said that's not correct. So if you've ever heard it's an acronym, that's not right. Mm -hmm. Um, So like Middle Dutch, Early German, either thrusting, maybe copulate coming from a copulate word but also words like strike push mm-hmm. so interesting that which like you know we use words like screw i guess which is a verb for something else that we relate true to. Yeah. yeah some of the other information here comes from a piece by holly Furneaux, who was writing for the british library so gynecological dr william acton whose extreme views cannot be taken as representative, stated in The Functions of Disor- Functions and Disorders of the Reproductive Organs in 1857 that the majority of women, happily for them, are not very much troubled by sexual feelings of any kind. And then this person named Coventry Patmore, who was a poet, created this like virginal idea, ideal of the angel in the house, in the poem he wrote called Angel in the House, um, which laid out a model of the domestic goddess who apparently retained her chastity even as a wife and mother. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the, I guess the angel in the house was to sanctify the home as a refuge for her menfolk from the trouble of public life. But, like, I guess if we're in, like, industrial revolution in America, too, this is when we see the rise of the nuclear family and the middle class. Oh, mm-hmm. I learned that the term respectable didn't really show up. The idea of respectability didn't show up until around this period as well, when like the middle class was trying to make itself worthy, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know if that idea of like the mom is in charge of the emotional or the spiritual growth of the family, it wasn't necessarily present the way we think it was prior to this I don't think interesting yeah like the like even like 1700s 1600s there was I think Mm -hmm. something else happening but then that became very much like women are pure women Mm -hmm. are they're the home and the hearth and they're in charge of everybody being good and moral and also they should never leave it like (laughs) yeah um and it was like a double standard like there was legislation so the Matrimonial Causes Act of 1857 made it so a man could divorce a woman just because she'd cheated on him. But for women to divorce a man, they had to prove infidelity and harm, like physical abuse. So infidelity alone wasn't enough to just... For a woman to leave her husband, no. Wow. But it was the other way around. Wow. And yeah, and that was actually in place in England for a really long time. I think they updated it a little bit or like they updated it where a woman could like at least keep all of her assets after a divorce. Mm -hmm. It was also really hard to get a divorce in this period because you had to, you could only go to London to do it and you had to pay a lot of money. 
Um, so you had to be like a super determined wealthy lady to divorce your husband, basically. And it was a pretty backward, um, pretty backward system, even as it shifted a little until about the 1930s, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. And then there was the Contagious Diseases Act of the 1860s, <laughs> which aimed to, de to deal with rife sexually transmitted diseases in the armed forces by the forcible medical examination of the women prostitutes in garrison towns. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So so they they would go and examine all of the women prostitutes in these towns. Yeah, so that the soldiers were fine. Yeah. So cuz of course the soldiers yeah. are going to go get a prostitute. <laughs> but oh, prostitutes are also immoral and we should make sure they don't have like the clap. <laughs> no, <Nope>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, my friend Ashley actually has, and I think she's going to come do some of these too, has a catalog that this man kept of, it's what the show Harlots is based on, but he kept this catalog of the prostitutes in London and like what their skills were, how much they charged, what you should know about them, where they are. And it was actually like reading it, it's kind of respectful. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, this, you know, this, like the person behind the app? The person, oh, yeah. Like, or, yeah, or, like, these women running a business. Yeah. Like, this is her service and what she charges and what you should know. Um, did you, you've been to Seattle, right? No. Oh, wait, so, um, in Seattle, I took this, like, underground tour, which yes. was really cool. And they taught us that, like, there was something where, like, the city was getting wiped out by, I don't remember if it was a fire or flood, I don't remember, but, um, this woman, this madam like built Seattle pretty much. Her name was uh, Lou Graham, I believe is her name. Okay. And um she built this town. She had enough money from her business to invest in the town and bring this town back. And then it, there was a lot of like the businessmen were like, "Well, we can't accept this money, but like but why couldn't they?" And I my favorite fact that I learned was that um when they were taking the census at the time, they couldn't say they're like the women who worked in these brothels they couldn't say their true like job yeah so they were just written as seamstresses so if you if you're looking at the census oh, shit. yeah and you see that there are like 20 seamstresses that aren't related but they live in this house they're probably not seamstresses <laughs> but that was like the name oh. that they gave like mm -hmm. that's what they said their profession was was seamstress yeah that's fascinating mm -hmm. She's she's really interesting. Lou Gray. Lou Graham. Lou Graham. Yeah. She's yeah. And she like is known for like building Seattle. Like <laughs> she like saved Seattle. Um but she's really interesting. That's so yeah. cool. Lou Graham. And that's where our our friend lives in a former yeah. brothel. In a brothel. In a, in a, yeah. Yeah. Our friend is not part she, of a brothel. She's not part of a brothel, but our she friend. lives she lives in a house. I think she has like twelve roommates, um, because there's enough rooms for everybody. <laughs> but um, I went to visit her, and it's still built. I mean, it's built like it's it's got those old. It's still built the same way. There's benches yeah. outside of the bedrooms, and the doors like are like far, like barn doors. Like they're not yeah. just your basically like door. They're like the big wide. Me doors. Yes. It's so cool. It's really, really neat. That would actually be really cool. Yeah. To to go see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's pretty cool. 
So there we are. Sex and prostitutes. Yeah. In the Victorian era. The Victorians were kinky. Mm -hmm. There is like just so much more and more detail even to talk, to just like go into. Mm -hmm. And when did we decide that the naked body in art, was it always, yeah, that's our question. Was Was it always, is it ever more sexual than we pretend it was? Probably. Mm -hmm. It's my guess. (laughs) Thank you, Molly. Thank you for for what you brought. Thank you, my daughter. Thank you. Tea and Vulgarity is produced by me, Tally Gale. If you're interested in reading The Pearl for yourself, you can easily find it online. And of course, by this point, it is absolutely public domain. All of the music we've used is credited below. Thank you for joining me. And until next time, take your tea with a dose of vulgarity. Thank you.